0: I'll just say this. There is a total feeling that is undescribable. It's a a feeling that it it like totally takes over your body and you feel this this immense rush, but it's also like you're not breathing and it's great. And it's exactly what Twitter is built for. It's exactly what Twitter is built for. Twitter was built. For last night at like nine o'clock central time, eleven, what almost I don't know, it was closer to ten o'clock central time at that point when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I watched it live, and Dan, I cannot describe that feeling of where you you know you're in a restaurant and something happens like ooh oh this is awkward. It was that yep. times a million, and Twitter is built. I mean, Twitter is specifically built for moments like that. This is such a 2022 story. You have. Comedians telling jokes. People love to get upset on Twitter about comedians <laughs> telling jokes, right? I
1: sure do, absolutely. You have
0: celebrities, and people love to get angry just in general about celebrities. Have opinions on celebrities. You have um, uh, Will and Jada, and their whole relationship, which is so talked about and publicized, and the openness or or not lack thereof to their relationship. And it's the Oscars. It's it's one of those things that people can easily say this is fake, this is and real. And you
1: have someone with a condition thrown you into got, it. Why oh, not? You have you know? someone
0: with a yes, of course. You have someone. There's a there's underlying conditions. The, last night with the Oscars is the perfect 2022 thing. And the feeling that I felt, I can, it's like a high. You can't describe <laughs> it. You're I'm watching it live, and I'm like, oh, Chris Rock, he's on. He's fine. He's, he's like it's Denzel. I love Chris Rock. I'm glad they're letting him do, I literally in my head, I thought, I said to myself, I'm glad they're letting Chris Rock do a little stand-up, because he's hosted before, that's what Chris Rock does. And then he just gets, Will walks on stage, you're like, oh, what's going on? And he smacks him, and you're like, this is fake. And then it cuts out, and you're like, this is not fake. The TV cut out. It's fascinating. And now it just takes everywhere. Twitter, it was The life like, of its own. Oh, it was like an hour of it real or fake, real or fake. And then After you find out, you get the Japanese video, you get the Australian video, it's real. He's swearing. He's taking my wife's name out your mouth. Uh, I tweeted out, I'm not even going to type Will Smith's name out on the Twitter. I'll just say I'm not going to say Will Smith's name out. It was just, it was electric because then the takes start coming in. They just flowing in. And, uh, oh, it was beautiful. It was glorious. And also wild. I mean, absolutely wild it just i felt like adam Schefter needed to tweet assault uh like miles garrett again uh, just <laughs> just tweeting assault it was crazy
1: which i think he did at some point but he didn't yeah, he he said other things in it but yeah. um
0: well the bar uh, the pmt guys give him good shit about that and he's a good sport about it but that is yeah. one of the funniest things ever adam Schefter tweeting assault then that, that's what it was. I mean, it was just like, that is yeah. assault. We all just, a billion people just watched Assault live. And, and no watched, watched No Consequences. No one did anything to Like, him. what? That's crazy. It was I was like... Crazy.
1: I, I mean, that's what you know. You see, Chris Rock at the end kind of almost look to the side and like laugh because he, he obviously, he by the way, he handled it amazingly. I thought he did, um, he did. not only did he take the slap and sh- like he didn't even like move, but uh, but he handled it well. He actually, you know, had like something playful and, and humorous to say, even in the midst of all that. Um, but yeah, he's looking off to the side like, is anyone actually gonna do anything here? Like, this guy just caught up. I mean, it's crazy. And I will say, I, I'm yeah. jealous that uh, you got to see it in real time. Uh, I worked like super early in the morning. Oh, it was morning. interesting to wake up to that, though, I'll say. Like I got right. to work and I set up my computer, um, got all of the, uh, you know, the tabs open that I need to, to have for work. And, uh, and then Twitter's one of them. And I just see a flood of memes already. And I'm like, yeah. what is this? What are these memes about? And then I see the video and I'm like, Oh my goodness. It was uh, what a trip. What a way to start the day. Didn't even
0: need coffee. I I will just say, honestly, I I will just say that, um, you know, it's so hard to explain. It's like, it was, it was just electric. It was electric. That's the only way, the only way you can say it. I, um, I just, uh, Oh, I mean, I mean, it was, and and, like i said, then the then the takes come out. And honestly, i I put I broke it down on my morning show this way. We you know we obviously talked about it. And I said to myself, there was like there was so many thoughts come to my head. First off, a, we, we live in a world, and in America, in this country, well one of the reasons I love this country, you you have freedom of speech. Yeah, but you don't have freedom of consequences. and we we I think we both agree to that. We've said that before with yep. you know NFL topics and things like this. You have freedom of speech, you have freedom to do, make choices. You don't have freedom of consequences. Comedians but walk that line and you have freedom of speech. Uh, you as will and Jada Pinkett Smith and anyone else who was offended by what Chris Rock said or didn't say, or any of the comedians made jokes um, earlier on. The, the hosts made the lady hosts made They made jokes about his marriage and being, you know, kind of an open marriage and all these things like, like they didn't respond poorly to that. So I think there is, you know, Anyways, the point I'm trying to get at you have the freedom, you have the freedom in this country to speak. You don't have freedom of consequences, but you there are consequences for your actions. Will Smith could have handled that in a million different ways. He chose probably the worst way possible to handle, which is physically assault someone, smacking them, and getting on stage and doing that and breaking down that barrier. You're at the Oscars, you're in these shows. This is what happens. People get made fun of to get jokes. If you're Will Smith, you could have you knew you're about to win. He was a minus 600 favorite. Like he knew he was going to win. Yeah. In 40 minutes, you could have got up there and said, "Thank you so much. First off, let me just say what Chris Rock said was completely inappropriate. I am all for jokes. I like to I make comedy movies, but blah 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 blah." You know what I mean? You could have done that. Yeah. You also Or he he
1: could have even done what he did when he sat down and, you know, gone a little bit off, uh, you know, off the handle and And just started swearing and and yelling at him. You could even do that. Because
0: you get in comedy shows, you get that. And then and then, you know, the other thing that Will Smith did, he had everyone in the room. You're in a room full of the best writers in the world, right? You have you have your publicist there. You have your wife there. You have people, Denzel, who care about you. You know you're going to win. They're not going to – they 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 clearly, after 10 to 15 minutes, will looking around like, okay, they're not going to ask me to leave. So you, your publicist has to tell you the first thing you do when you get up there is immediately apologize for for physical violence. You, you yeah. not condone physical violence and and just open it up. Just let the air out of the room and be like, what I just did was wrong. I let my emotions get the best of me. I love my wife to death. She struggles with this condition. Explain it. He never did any of that. It was like a five-minute speech where he cried and basically says, "I'm a fierce defender." Like yeah, Serena he, Venus he essentially now.
1: rationalized it. Yeah. yeah,
0: and they cut to Serena Venus. It's Bizarre. so awkward. So there were so many things he did wrong in that. It does not excuse if you're anti Chris Rock's joke or whatever. I will just say this too: the only other way that the only reason that I think um, they didn't escort Will out and they didn't is Chris Rock himself, when he left the stage, must have said something. Or done something because the victim sets the tone. Chris Rock immediately becomes the victim. And if Chris Rock could have just said, and like looked him straight in the eye, like any man or and most people would have done it, or like, you know, you emotions get the best of you and reacted differently and been like, what the hell, dude? Like, you can't yeah. do that. And if you'd have walked off stage, then they would have had to ask Will to leave. You know what I mean? Like, they would have had to like, get control of the situation that way. Chris Rock basically just eating that slap and being like, what the bleep will smith just hit me i don't know how to react i'm gonna to get to the the award and then moving on set the tone for just this awkward next hour and a half as they finished the show it was just wild so fascinating and uh i mean uh, it's it, it just one of the greatest i again if you watched it live and you experienced it with me and your person like me who loves twitter it was a an amazing hour and a half last night of just twitter reactions uh, Is glorious.
1: Yeah, I, I, we knew what we were going to start the show off with today. That's for sure. We, there was uh, pretty much no other option. And I'll, I'll just say to wrap up on it, I totally agree with uh, a lot of what you said. Um, the freedom of consequences thing, totally agree. Uh, but you do have a freedom to not suffer physical violence as one of the consequences of your freedom of speech um, expression yeah. uh, outside of the most heinous, uh, you know, calling for violence yourself type of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, it's clearly overboard on, on Will Smith's part um, well, to react well, that way. And, and then uh, he,
0: tw- do you see his Instagram post? Will Smith at Instagram? Oh, like, I
1: did. I thought he stayed quiet. I didn't know he was.
0: Like, you can't invite people from Philly and Baltimore anywhere.
1: <laughs> like, like like, like, like it's a joke now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Come I just on, man.
0: I just don't. And I mean, wow. there's no charges being pressed. I'm not trying to say he should go to jail or anything like that, but. There needs to be like there just just take you know,
1: responsibility for that being a, and, a an inappropriate reaction.
0: Will Smith <laughs> you know? is a universally kind of beloved figure, and and he had a stretch from like what oh seven oh eight really to like sixteen seventeen an eight year stretch where he, his movies didn't do well like his stardom as far as like a sellable star was like dropping not anything he was doing wrong. He picked a couple of bad projects. The thing he did with his son Scientology stuff comes out. You know what I mean? Like his parenting styles, people are kind of like this guy may be a little weird. And then he has this big redemption when his wife basically is like, has this show on Facebook is basically like, yeah, I cheated on him and he cries in front of everyone. And they get the memes from that. The Will Smith crying face where Jada emasculates him. This was like a total redemption moment for him to be like, everyone was pro Will Smith over the past year and a half since that Jada stuff comes out and like feeling for Will Smith, but he sticks by his woman. He's going to work out like, dude, do all time good guy. Will Smith's star rising again. And then to do this, it just goes to show you he must, you know, it's just an unstable decision and yep. a, a crazy. I just was wild.
1: Wow. Yeah. What a, is a crazy, uh, you know, just to, complete the uh, cycle of just the the frenzy to kind of tie it into what we've been doing the past few weeks the frenzy of March has rolled on even into the entertainment industry and uh, into the Oscars in the final days of the month go figure the the Chris
0: Rock interview whoever gets Chris Rock whatever podcast or uh, or morning show or whatever that will be must watch TV. I don't really care to see Will. I mean, I I do like you know whatever he apologizes or and eventually he goes on something and does something. But the the Chris Rock, you Gold. know, interview. I can't wait to I can't wait to listen to well, hear. Well, it's
1: unfortunate voice. you know to our listeners because we had him booked for the show today, but then this happened and then all of a sudden is, now he can't uh, he can't go and on the podcast. But he had, had
0: some strong thoughts on Tyree killed in Miami, but he had to cancel. <laughs> he
1: sure did. Yeah. So obviously um, we've got a few hot button items in the NFL to talk about mm-hmm. um, and this episode of the football lounge. So welcome in everybody Yet again, as a free agency is starting to cool off a little bit, but we have a, a few uh, items to discuss uh, before we get into it all. Just a, a, another quick reminder out there. If you enjoy listening to our show, but we like to watch it. We do have a YouTube channel. So go check us out there. Uh, Like subscribe. That really helps us out with the algorithm gets us out there a little bit better. So yeah, if you want to watch it, please go check that out. Otherwise, of course, as always, we're out there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, Speaking
0: of which, what is on your hat? If you're watching the YouTube? Oh yeah. So
1: this is a a brewery nearby. So I've, I've taken a liking to either collecting beer glasses. It's a wolf. Yeah. Ah. Southern growl is the name of the, uh, of the brewery cool. out here. I actually, Shout it's out. kind of funny, Mark, since I'm about a year into fully going bald and being in the South as well, we're a lot closer in the sun. I yeah. You're a hat went, guy now. I went to this brewery unprepared to, to uh, have a beer outside, didn't have a hat <laughs> with me, so I had to purchase a hat. And this was the one I bought. So cool hat. Uh, yeah, this is uh, saving myself a lot of sunburn and some brutal showers in the near future. Um, but yeah, no, I like it a lot. And, um, you mentioned the Tyreek Hill trade. I got, I mean, we can kind of just jump right into that one. Cause that is the biggest thing that's happened uh, over the past really? week. A bombshell in, in a couple different ways. Miami is making a, a shit ton of moves to, uh, shore up their roster and, uh, and make sure Mike McDaniels, uh, has as smooth of a transition into his first year of coaching as possible, but also to give Tua enough weapons to you know, at least just, I guess this is going to be, let's see what he can do. If he can't make it work with second year Jalen Waddle with Tyree kill, with a revamped uh, offensive line run game and a new head coach, then the experiment's essentially over, right? Uh, Kansas city trades Tyree kill away to Miami for five draft picks, Um, a massive haul Uh, this year's draft picks. They get, a 2022 first rounder, a second rounder and fourth rounder plus next year's fourth and sixth round picks. So uh, you actually brought it up right before we went on the show, Mark, Kansas city now with 12 draft picks. huge. Meanwhile, the, you know, dolphins turn around and give Tyree kill a four year, $120 million contract with uh, just over 70 million of that guaranteed. So he's the highest paid wide receiver in the league. He's a happy camper. But the Chiefs pretty happy as well. They got Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So, you know, praying for that guy that has to sew the names on the back of the jerseys. He's got, uh, you know, a lot of extra work on tap for him. But, yeah, look, uh, it's kind of a win for both sides, it seems. Um, But the Chiefs, man, a massive fall, 12 draft picks this year. Uh, do you do you think there's a, a clear winner in this trade? I mean, what are your thoughts overall when you saw this go
0: down? I struggle with winners and losers because again, when there's draft picks involved, if it's not just player for player, you know, when there's draft picks involved, there's potential. You know, Kansas City, we said 12 draft picks this year. It's more than any other team. Two in the in each of the first four rounds. Um, so they they I expect them to be a player for trading up. I expect them to be a player for Trying to get themselves a, another wide receiver and a and a and a couple star defensive players as well. Uh, if I'm Kansas City, I don't know why Kansas City hasn't really taken a strong look at uh, Jarvis Landry yet. He's still available. I think he really fits uh, with you know creating space the way they want to as a sure-handed receiver uh, for them as well. Uh, regardless, if going back to that point, I think you can think two things at once. Today, as of right now on this March 28th, Kansas City is worse than they were when they had Tyreek Hill a week ago. They are worse today. And that's the important word today. Miami is better today than they were a week ago when you look at them on paper. It's March 28th. There's no games this week. Am I right? I, like, there is a lot. Last to I go checked. On. It's a lot to go on, so Kansas City can, can has a lot of flexibility with draft picks and still some free agents available to improve their roster and get better uh, and make moves. And I expect them to do so. They're a really smart organization. They're a well-run organization. For my Mi- for Miami, I don't get how Devonte Adams can get you a first and a second. <laughs> And Tyree kill can get you five. has to, you have to get five picks for Tyree kill to me. It smells of Cleveland and what they did with Watson. We talked about where they just are a low self-esteem and they completely overpaid. They overspent Miami is just not in a, it just doesn't feel like they were in a win now mode. I mean, like this was a chance to them. to just, just like really rebuild and retool new head coach. Changing a personnel, um, but they are just must be 100% committed to figuring out is to uh, the guy, um, and uh, the, you know he's a third-year quarterback, new head coach, offensive guy uh, under that Shanahan tree with Mike McDaniel. So they're 100% committed to that, and and you know Mike must have had some influence on this, saying, "Listen, what makes my scheme great is what makes Kyle Shanahan's scheme great. We need a guy." you know, like a, uh, you know, we can just get the ball in his hands. Like uh, what's his name in San Francisco? Why is his name escaping me? Um, Debo Samuel. Debo, Yeah, absolutely. I need a burner, but also a guy like we you see in Kansas city wick. I just want the ball in his hands as quickly as possible. And Tyree kill is special in that way. Now. I don't mind if you were to sign Tyree Kill to a two-year deal, but this four-year deal at that much money guaranteed I just don't know. I, I just don't see, I see that contract being a really bad contract for them in four years. Um, and I see, I see them having to get a new quarterback anyways. So maybe that's their thought too. They know they're going to have a cheap quarterback next year when they draft them, but then you've lost a lot of draft picks. Like who you, you know, uh, it's, it's a weird move for Miami. They're better, but I just don't see the grand vision as far as what you're building towards. Does that make sense? Kansas city. Yeah. I get it. You can't pay him. They probably made a very fair offer to Tyreek Hill, but they said, if you want what Devonte Adams just got, we cannot get close to that. So uh, if you want, this is the best we can do. And otherwise it sounds in the moat like it, a great organization like Kansas city. They found workable trade partners who were willing to give up what they felt was fair value, but also was willing to give Tyreek the deal, the jets and the, and the dolphins showed up as those people. They let him choose Miami. They said, all right, good for you. And, um, and so for Kansas city, it is a, it's weird. There is worse today, but they have a plan. They're sticking to that plan and they have all of this flexibility to hopefully be better.
1: Yeah. And I would say, you know, I, I would agree that Kansas city's worse and Miami's better off today. I think in the long run, um, Kansas city's probably overall better off. Uh, the picks is obviously a great thing.
0: And Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Um, they're better off.
1: Well, yeah, and, and they just – they they didn't need Tyreek Hill as much as I think Tyreek Hill needed them in terms of Agreed. his impact in his career. Um, look, he's still going to make a ton of plays that are going to wow you and stuff, but I think you're going to see a significant dip in his overall production uh, just because of who you got throwing you the football. Uh, I think for Miami to for, – for this to be a clearer uh, picture of their direction, it's got to all – Rest on Tua being the guy because if Tua isn't the guy, yeah, and then you know they're gonna be what maybe drafting a quarterback next year, and then you're gonna hope that that quarterback by year two is you know good enough. Then you're talking about Tyreek's already in the third year of this contract, which is likely going to be due for some sort of restructuring or extension at a certain point. Um, so it is almost a, a a thing where you're like this is kind of built for the short term winning, um, but yet they don't seem like they're ready to necessarily win right now. So I am intrigued to see that. And now they got two of the fastest receivers in the NFL, but they have one of the you know least capable deep passing uh, you know offenses in the league. So I mean, obviously they do a lot of damage in in the you know behind the line of scrimmage and within 10 yards of it too but at a certain point you're going to want these guys to spread the field and open things up downfield as well it's going to ride on whether or not two is going to be able to cash in on those huge plays that are certainly going to be available to them just given the skill sets that they have I mean and and you got got to throw Mike Kosicki into the mix they've got one of the best if not the best wide receiver core you know in the league now and Devontae so
0: Marker is still there with them too, right? He's
1: still, he's still with them. I believe Will Fuller uh, is he's a free agent, I guess, um, but they could still uh, re-sign him. They probably won't now with that contract to Tyreek Hill. But yeah, I mean, they have they certainly have pieces and they obviously their backfield, as we kind of alluded to now includes, you know, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. Yeah uh, to go along with Miles Gaskin now. I mean, clearly Mike McDaniels is, is looking to run the football and then get opportunities off of it. So, you know, if that works, if they're actually a capable run team, then you know, look out because they're gonna have a ton of opportunities. Uh, you know, try try being a defense and you know, trying to contain Hill and Waddle while also trying to stop the run at the same time. Uh, yeah. they could be dangerous. I mean, we'll see. And obviously they needed the wide receivers to compete in such a prolific. Uh, Division that's getting more and more offensive firepower, especially with Buffalo. Uh, So, you know, I understand the move from Miami's perspective, but if you're Kansas City, you get a boatload of picks. And look, you're not, like you mentioned, you're not going to be able to pay Tyreek the massive contract. You already got Kelsey. And look, you get Juju, who I think is going to, you know, have uh, quite a bounce back year, and MVS, who's a capable receiver. Yeah, just get another guy in there, uh, whether it be through the draft or sign a Jarvis Landry uh, and you're looking good. The Tyron Matthew thing too, who's likely to sign elsewhere in this free agency period. Yeah. The chiefs uh, right now are are not as good as they were last year, but uh, plenty of time to make up for it too.
0: Well, yeah. And you have six picks in the first three rounds. I mean, you you should hopefully be able to find six starters rounds one, two, and three. And I mean, they have two and four as well, but rounds one, two, and three, you assume those people are going to be starters, hopefully day one starters for you. Um, in this league. And so, yeah, Kansas City's they, they, the plan is clear. I'll say this, going back to Miami. Um, when you were talking there, it really, something popped in my head, you know, so much for Miami is now going to be based on, does this work or not? I think it's going to be on Mike McDaniels because we see with Kyle Shanahan, he made it work with Kirk cousins. He made it work with Matt Ryan. He made it work. He's making it work with Jimmy G when Jimmy G's healthy that if that offense, if Mike McDaniels has 90% of that offense and then his own flair on it, his own uniqueness to it, and he's a competent play caller, it feels good and whoever he hired to call the plays for him, then this team could be really, really dangerous because they do have a ton of weapons, as you pointed out. They have improved their offensive line, and Tua is accurate and can hit a deep ball, especially if they get a wide-open shot. And Tyree Kill can get you a lot of wide-open shots, especially if he's schemed really well, like what we assume Mike McDaniels can do because of his time and his relationship with uh, um, uh, Kyle Shanahan. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Mike McDaniels here early as a as a rookie head coach because you're going to need to see the Jimmy G offense and then some. Jimmy G and, and, and two are very comparable quarterbacks. They're mobile, but they're not mobile-mobile. Uh, they are accurate, but they're not Drew Brees. Um, and they have they can make every throw, but you know, like Kirk Cousins can make every throw, and that doesn't mean that you're seeing him aired out like Josh Allen or anything like that. So, I I just and injury
1: concern for both of them, too. Injury
0: concerns for both of them. So, it is gonna be really fascinating to watch what Miami does offensively. Uh, you know, Miami, I feel like today is better than they were at the end of the season with the head coaching. I listen, we both love Brian Flores, but it's an offensive league, you know, Mike McDaniel's got a high upside. We'll have to wait and see, but that AFC East uh, with the battle between them and and New England for the second place in that division, uh, it's going to be really interesting. New England, of course, had a really quiet off season because they loaded up last off season and, uh, you know, we've got to wait to see what they do in the draft that AFC East is everyone keeping up with Buffalo uh, and my, so much of it's going to come down to scheming and what they do with two and those wide receivers.
1: Yeah. And hopefully, obviously, the Tua stays healthy so we can get a clear picture and yes. understanding of, you yeah. know, like that's there's nothing worse, obviously, for the athlete than their career kind of going down the tubes because of injury. But also just from a fan standpoint, you hate to see what could have been and and always wondering uh, about certain prospects, you know. Um, yeah. So, that you know, hopefully uh, with all of the weapons that surround him now that he will be uh, as comfortable as he's ever been. Uh, in that offense. And, yeah. uh, and we'll see what happens. Obviously uh, there's a clean slate there in Miami, kind of sticking with the quarterback theme, Mark, we have two that are, you know, still on the market. And we have one that just had uh, a, I guess you could call a controversial uh, starting press conference. So let's go to Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm not sure if you got to watch the press conference, what you've seen from it. Um, I did. But obviously he was introduced. uh, And overall, you know, we've kind of already given our thoughts on the situation as itself. You know, I think it's a a really risky move on their part, especially with the guaranteed money aspect of things. Um, Their confidence level, they've done a lot more investigating than I've done. But yet it's been clear that they didn't talk to any of the accusers or the lawyers that that seems to be I don't know how you can call it comprehensive when that's not included in it. But nonetheless, Uh, Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, and Deshaun Watson are there to field the obvious questions that were going to be asked. This was Deshaun Watson's first time speaking since these accusations came to light. And um, oddly enough, the Haslams were nowhere to be found. That was a little bit strange to me that they were not in attendance for such a...
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, this is like probably, I can't think of a more monumental moment in Brown's history, you know, outside of, I guess, you know, signing Jim Brown and then him retiring... Um, or them leaving Cleveland, or them leaving Cleveland, of course. Uh, th- this is uh, extremely a pivotal moment, uh, for them to not be there was uh, a little bit odd. But you know, what what was your overall takeaway from it? Of course, you know he came out of it uh, denying everything and saying he's going to clear his name, and he has no intention to settle with these civil suits. And uh, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski saying that they were thorough in their investigation and are confident in him moving forward. Um, what was your overall reaction to how things played out there?
0: Yeah, you know, it was first off, it was just kind of surprising to see. Uh, You know, I wasn't expecting the press conference in that light. I just figured they would try to release statements and keep Deshaun from having to give public comment because, like you say, anything can and you will be used against you. So he's he's claiming innocence, and uh, that's the type of stuff you can you know really backfire. You know, overall, I thought it was um, pretty well staged. I thought there were moments where Deshaun um surprised me with how much she was actually even saying. i'm surprised you know my my if you know who who knows, but my assumption was it was gonna be sticking a lot as soon as it started it was gonna be sticking a lot to like hey guys um i you know I'll, let me first start by saying, i'm innocent, I believe in my I'm innocent um, but are the other questions related to that and those those you know pending Lawsuits or whatever, you have to go to my lawyer, and I'm pleading the fifth on it or whatever legal matters I'm not touching on. For him yeah. to go a little bit more into, you know, kind of his staunchness to it, and then moving on, like let's talk about football. Let's talk about I'm excited to be back here. Let's talk about the city of Cleveland. It was less of that it was a lot of going into it and just being open about it. So, I mean, the Browns obviously feel confident. Uh, I don't know where they got their assurance and fro- assurances from. Um, but it will be really fascinating to keep an eye on. And eventually, if the league is not going to suspend him and nothing comes to this, he will play football again. So I, I know it's horrible to think about if he is guilty and if he has done these things, but if he hasn't, he has the right to play football and, and to do that, and the NFL says it as well, and to have a life in that way uh, if he is innocent. So uh, we're going to have to eventually get The idea that we're going to see Deshaun Watson, I'm pretty sure playing football this year and compartmentalizing, you know, hey, he's not that I don't root for him. He's not on my team, but it is that we it's that weird situation that we're in. We find ourselves a lot in with separating the art from the artist, Mm -hmm. especially if he actually is innocent. I mean, if he is innocent, you know, he's going to have to play football. We're going to have to accept that and talk about them as a football player. And I, at this point in time, am going to try to stick to that as much as I can until I know what comes of these lawsuits and what is proven innocent or guilty on, on certain things.
1: Yeah. And we may never know, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, a lot of these civil lawsuits have been behind closed doors and not much uh, comes out of them. Um, I do imagine that there is going to be some settlements, uh, regardless of whether there's guilt or innocence. I, I just, you know, the 22 separate ones could, you know, drag out for a very long time. So uh, I imagine uh, there there might be, on, at least on his side, a willingness to settle sooner rather than later, although I know he's saying uh, he won't now. But um, yeah, totally agree with what you said. Uh, he, he was a little bit more composed than I expected as well. And, uh, you know, Rich Eisen described it kind of like a funeral, which I it, it kind of at times it did kind of seem that way. I mean, it was a very morose feel. Um, throughout. And, uh, you know, they mm-hmm. were expecting what was coming. They, it wasn't a shock to the system at all for them. And I and I think they, they knew what was coming and were just prepared to somewhat take it on the chin, I suppose. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. And then, of course, there were a couple of questions in there about Baker Mayfield. And, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't really go too much into it, obviously. He's still on the roster. And um, there has been that tension now, of course we've Uh had the, the, the infighting and uh, you know, Baker saying, no, I'm breaking up with you type of deal. And uh, things kind of have backfired for him. And um, because I I know that he expressed interest in going to the Colts. Right. But then they kind of, you know, said, we're, we're not going to go that route. They go and sign Matt Ryan. And uh, you know, that seems to be a pretty solid fit there in Indy. And um, and so that's kind of the situation that he finds himself in is one of you don't have a whole lot of leverage anymore because I don't know many teams Mark that are willing to spend for a Baker Mayfield at this point, when the teams that are quarterback needy have high picks right now and can just take one on a rookie and not pay them very much. And, you know, Jimmy G is in a very similar situation where he's going to demand a high price you know they want 2 seconds i believe at the very least i mean that's a lot to pay for some guy and and i you know for for one bless you sir thank you um he you know he obviously wants to go to a contender as well carolina yeah. would be a good place that i would think would be a good fit with with a jimmy g but they can't really do it because they're paying 26 you know million or whatever it is to Sam Darnold. So,
0: and Teddy, uh, they're still paying Bridgewater. They're think, still, right? <laughs> while
1: well, the dead money, I, I don't know if that uh, was just no. for last year. Maybe not. Um, yeah. But you know, regardless, it's, it's a tough situation for these two quarterbacks now who really don't have a whole lot of leverage. The one thing that the 49ers could do, though, is still ride another year with Jimmy G. They could have Trey Lance sit for one more year. It's not the end of the world to have Trey Lance start year three, but I think they're ready to move sooner rather than later. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, wh- how do you see this quarterback situation play out, where it's two guys with somewhat similar skill sets, although one with a much higher pedigree, and mm-hmm. what the price is going to be, and what teams are really going to be in play for these guys, if any? Because the Browns—they cannot go into the season with Baker Mayfield on that mm-hmm. roster. That's that's too much. Uh, that's too much distraction for the team that already has plenty of it.
0: They're going to have to eat money and they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to take what they can get. And you know what the problem is? Um, You obviously, you know, if Deshaun Watson says I want to be with Cleveland and Cleveland wants Deshaun Watson, you have to get that deal done. But the problem with getting that deal done while you still have Baker Mayfield on your roster is exactly this. Now the whole rest of the league knows you're in a bad spot. You have no leverage in these negotiations. He's owed a lot of money. You want something in return. And the rest of the league's looking around, and you're absolutely right. Besides, I would argue that there's there's very few places Baker could go where he'd be an upgrade in your current situation. Um, if I if I try to think about it really quickly, Carolina comes to mind. Um the Giants come to mind. The- I would
1: think Atlanta would, e- even though they signed Marcus Mariota, yes. I, Baker's better than Mariota.
0: So that yes, could be an Falcons option. the Falcons come to mind. Uh, the Seahawks come to mind. Those are the four to me. Now, you would argue, hey, Baker Mayfield is better than Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Agreed. You can, I can factually say right now, from what I've seen, Baker Mayfield led a team to the playoffs in the experience versus a Zach Wilson or Justin fields, even a Trevor Lawrence for that matter. But those teams have a plan and they're committed to those young quarterbacks that, you know, so they're off the table in that way, as far as for me going into thinking of teams are their interest in them. So it's, you're negotiating, you have no power and you're negotiating if it's very small, a few amount of teams, Jimmy G. However, I do think they, that the Niners have better leverage, like, He is more wanted. I think his contract's more malleable. And because he's a veteran who's already now bounced around, it was never that number one overall pick with the pressure in the commercials. He's an easier sell of like, no, this is a better stopgap two-year situation. Um, For all those teams I just mentioned, and maybe even a couple other teams, like you could throw in maybe a couple other teams or just staying in San Francisco to be there. I I think, um, and so... I think there's a more of a market for Jimmy G. But at this point, I feel confident with the Niners saying to themselves, we don't owe Jimmy G anything. Why not start the season again with Jimmy G if he can win the job in camp? And if Trey Lance, you, you have a roster that was in the NFC championship game. If, if you start with Jimmy G and he gets injured, you have Trey Lance. If you start with Trey Lance and he gets injured, you have Jimmy G. Like, neither of these guys is Patrick Mahomes right now. So it's not the obvious starter. And I do think it's a little bit of a disaster if Trey Lance isn't ready to go after a year in your system and after playing some actual football last year and not just, you know, sitting out. I know he's still True. raw, but that's a failure on your system and your and your organization to not have that guy ready to go uh, to compete for that job. But I, you know, think bring him in, compete and and then just keep him on your bench. And if, if Trey, they season things go wrong with Trey Lance, you can say the kid was too young. We're going to get Jimmy G back in there or if the, you know if he gets injured god forbid knock on wood you don't root for injuries you have a guy you feel confident getting to the NFC championship game because he's done it twice and once to a super bowl
1: yeah i mean the only other team really would be the houston texans but them making a move for a quarterback right here just i don't know it wouldn't Makes seem sense. right yeah because they
0: have they have davis mills who they like and they have the draft capital
1: yeah yeah so why would why put all of your eggs in a basket of a quarterback. That's, you know, yeah. One has a playoff success. One has made a playoff berth, but you're so far down the road from winning, you know, why give that up now uh, yeah. and, and sacrifice your future. So really, I mean, the pool is so small yeah. and um, I, I really do think we're going to see Jimmy G return to the 49ers. I, I just, yeah. I, I feel that because, not much else makes a whole lot of sense to me. And then Baker's probably going to have to take less than, you know, anything that he's wanting. And he's going to, you know, I don't, does he go to the saints and they're like, Hey, you're going to battle Jameis Winston. And it's going to be you two trying to fight for this job, but they already gave some money to Jameis. Like they've, they've committed to him. You don't want to have that much money in two quarterbacks. The bears know that all too well. Oh, I know. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, this is a tough situation. I, I we I, I know that we, we cannot see Baker Mayfield in the Browns uniform next year. So that's the one that's gonna have to be moved. It does seem like Atlanta's probably gonna be the most likely landing spot because they didn't give Mariota a whole heck of a lot um, to where they probably could could afford that and take that hit. But the dead money from Matt Ryan, maybe they couldn't actually. I'd have maybe, to think not, about that. They're honestly, they're eating a lot of money.
0: Atlanta's strat. Atlanta has a clear plan to me. They they are going to start the season with Marcus Marietta, and they are going to draft one of the three quarterbacks. They're in a spot yep. to do it. They they must feel comfortable. Probably they have their ranking, but they must feel comfortable taking um uh, any of the three quarterbacks that talked about in the first round. Um, Pickett, Willis, and then what's the kid from Ole Miss? So I can't think of his name. But, oh uh,
1: well, well, Matt Corral or um, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is has been writing up as boards well. as well. So.
0: So they're um, going to feel, I mean, they're a top 10 pick. They have, they, I think they will, um, right. Or they're close to it at top 10 or their,
1: their it. number. Um, I only know this because I've paid a lot of attention to what the Steelers might trade up into. So the giants have five and seven uh, Carolina's at six. And then Atlanta's at eight, I believe. So, so are,
0: they may have th- to jump someone, but C- Carolina's
1: almost certainly going to take a quarterback in my view. 100%. Houston, Houston has the third pick. I mean, they're who's stopping them from taking one of these guys. Yeah. Uh, Detroit could possibly want to take a rookie quarterback at number yeah. two. I mean, it, there's a lot of possibilities. And know we always said like, it's not a good rookie class and these guys might fall to me. There's going to be two that go in the top 10. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's at a minimum in my view, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, if you're one of those teams, absolutely. Go for one of these rookie quarterbacks the Giants, and see what happens.
0: Giants very well could take quarterbacks. Well, well. and
1: so I was going to ask you this, because so they have those two picks. They're, they have expressed interest in moving off of them, uh, at least one of them. If you're the Giants, are you interested in, could that be a potential spot for a Jimmy G? Would you be like, hey, our roster's not that bad. Our divisions certainly winnable. do we get a guy like Jimmy G who's not going to fumble at 25 times a year and, and who will, you know, who's not going to break the bank. Absolutely. And who might give us a shot here that I I could potentially see that being a plausible option for them.
0: I personally, I think nothing will get done with Baker or Jimmy G. I think a little bit till post draft. I got a feeling because, um,
1: you the just, problem is then, how do you? You're not. You're not trading. What do you? What are you trading away? You know, because the picks are already done. Well, that's so well, all next year stuff. Baker
0: but. could be a draft day deal type of thing. You that's know what true. I mean? Yeah. The board starts to fall. Out. Jimmy G. I think they would take players for it or a future draft pick as well. You know what I mean? But a team, they, they all have plans going on into it, and Atlanta may not get the quarterback they want, and all of a sudden be sitting there looking and going. Oh, screw this. We're not going to the season with just Marcus Mariota and the guy we got in the third round. Let's go get Jimmy G. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. I could see them doing that, but I, I feel like they are going to want their plan. Same with Carolina. Um, if the quarterback market shakes out or, you know, the way they want, Pittsburgh is smartly already giving themselves that better benefit of the doubt. If you don't, you don't have to rush for the quarterback. If he falls to you, the guy you like great. And, um, you know, you don't have to overpay in that rookie scale, for a lot of guys who, you know, we've said before, and I think it's accurate, if Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or Zach Wilson were in this draft, they'd all probably be ahead of these. Guys. I mean, Willis, like, this is not, none of these guys are Trevor Lawrence. Now, I know Trevor Lawrence didn't have a great year, but use that as the example. None of these guys are, wow, can't miss. Yeah. Everyone's universal on them. So if you don't feel comfortable overpaying in that way, um Pittsburgh's in a really good spot and so it's gonna be fascinating to see I think Baker and Jimmy G may be draft day or or later type of deals unless someone gets a little needy here in the next month we're relating up to the draft and wants to make a move for Baker
1: yeah I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to watch I mean we still and there, there's still quite a few good players out there uh, yet to sign so I mean players- it's some really good ones. Uh, some really good wide receiver options. You mentioned Jarvis Landry, of course. Tyron Matthew is still unsigned. Um, OBJ, right? Uh, so I mean, technically,
0: yeah. Hold on, wait. I have a. I have a. Oh crap! Do Let we have me, some wait.
1: breaking news going down? No, no, no. I have. Oh, okay.
0: uh, I have a screenshot of all the players still available that are big names: Bobby Wagner, Stephon Gilmore, Beck- right. Beckham Jr., Tyron Matthew, Julio Jones. The, the Colts need to get that done right now. You need to get Julio Jones in in in, in Indy with Matt with, with Matty Ice.
1: Back with Matty Ice. There you Judevian go.
0: Debian Clowney and Calais Campbell, two guys that, you know, you want to bring in if you feel like you're just that extra rotational edge rusher away yeah. to help yeah. out Kansas City. Should look, I think, at both of those guys. Um, and then Melvin Gordon, Jarvis Landry, and Dwayne Brown. Uh, Melvin Gordon is a guy who I also think that a team like who's needy at running back is just far as depth in a win. Now they should consider, you know what I mean? There's, there's a, a couple AFC West teams um, staying, maybe even resetting with Denver. Well, but Ana, you, know,
1: you even mentioned it, Kansas city could, I mean, yeah. CEH hasn't necessarily, you know, worked out and, and earned a starting role. I mean, that could be yeah. an option too.
0: No, just especially if you're a win now team that needs some depth at running back and a veteran. I mean, Melvin Gordon still got something in the tank. He's not toast yet. So yeah. interesting names. Um, I can't remember what else, what was you transitioning on? What was what what else do we have on our list here? Cause I, I don't know. That, I,
1: I think I think we were wrapping up after that one. Because so. as you
0: said, breaking news, it reminded me of something I wanted to bring up as we were planning the show. We're peeling back the curtain here now for all our listeners. Detroit is going to be the host of the draft in 2020. Yes. Yes. Shout out Detroit city. I am a, if you don't know this personally about me, my dad grew up mainly in Detroit, born in Cleveland, but then by the age of nine was in Detroit and then lived in Detroit until he married my mom. And, and now is he considers himself a Chicagoan because he's lived most of his, you know, majority of his life. And certainly all of his real adult life in Chicago. Um, and he's a bears fan, but We have a soft spot for Detroit, and my dad loves Detroit It's auto car people. I go to Detroit almost every August for the big car show in Detroit. So I've been to Detroit multiple times, spent a lot of time there in my adult life. And um, I I will say this, Detroit gets a bad rap. It really does. The downtown of Detroit, the real downtown heart of it, is fantastic. They got the new little Caesar Arena down there for the Red Wings and the Pistons. It is literally a football throwaway from Ford Field, which is literally a football throwaway from Comerica, where the Tigers play. All three stadiums are right in the heart of downtown. The big casino down there, nice restaurants. They got their Coney dogs. They got their their Detroit style pizza. There's a real renaissance down there. Uh, Wayne uh, uh, University, um, uh, or Wright State, is it one of one of the two? I can't think of it. Right across the river from Canada. There's a lot in Detroit. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, obviously, yes, from about 7 mile on Woodward to about uh, 10 mile, 12 mile, it's some sketch. It's not great. It's not great. Um, but it's not what you think of it as. It's not some sort of sure. uh, it's not some sort of, you know, just gangs in downtown shooting up people. It really is a great little downtown American city, and I'm so pumped. The NFL is doing this for Detroit because the NFL owes it to some of their teams like this. You know, yeah, the blue
1: bloods, uh, you know, oh,
0: the all-star game goes to Cleveland. We support Cleveland for like, you know what? Detroit is a, is a, is a historic great American city that I think will eventually re pick itself up a lot like Pittsburgh has redone and revitalized and found ways to change their identity from a steel city to a tech city. Um, Detroit is working towards that with the automakers and everything. And then, and the new era of making cars in this country and the electric movement. And so I hope that I, I'd love to see that the NFL gives Detroit this because Detroit can't host a super bowl. It's too small. It really is. But yeah. for something like the draft, I think, and you know, the lines to be picking near the top of it, got to get that shot in there. Uh, it'll be really great for them.
1: And on top of that announcement, they also announced that that's going to be hard knocks for this upcoming uh, summer. So we're going to get hard knocks in Detroit and we're going to get the draft in Detroit. Uh, so that's Night pretty new, cool. Yeah. I, yeah, do that's- <laughs>
0: love, I, I do love, I do love the idea of the Lions getting hard knocks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Campbell is a, is a pretty uh, outgoing coach uh, brings a lot of energy. So I I, I think they're certainly going to get some notable moments and some great sound bites out of this one. And uh, yeah, I mean, a spotlight on Detroit. It's uh it's good to see. We haven't really gotten an inside look at that team. They've kind of been, like you mentioned, kind of on, on the outskirts really, and that's largely because of the lack of success, but also you just don't hear anything out of there. You know, yeah. Cleveland has had so many personalities over the past like 10 yeah. years. It's like you hear Detroit about it quiet. all the time. And yeah, the Detroit stays very quiet and they're just uh, kind of head down, um, get to business. So that's pretty cool. Uh, anything else of note, Mark, before we uh, end the no. show?
0: No, no, no. I uh, I appreciate stuff. Uh, the ability to rant about will smith yes uh sometimes you just need an outlet you just need an outlet and we have it luckily i will i I guess the final point i'll make is i think these are these next couple weeks be really fasting so if you're a listener of ours out there and there's something you want us to really get more specific on or if you if you have a take or you want to pose a question to us of like hey guys here's a hypothetical for you riff on this what what are your thoughts on that let us know reach out because now these are the couple weeks for that as we lead towards the draft and those couple weeks after the draft to try to get this kind of you know stuff in and really reach out when we're not just breaking down games and and uh and breaking down records and all that
1: yeah that's where the offseason we can really you know dig our heels in and and get into the fun part of the speculation and you know, it's pre-draft. There's a lot of things that could happen. So absolutely totally echo those sentiments. We're out there on Twitter, Facebook, as always. Um, You can email us as well. If you want the football lounge podcast at gmail.com or just football lounge podcast at gmail.com. And uh, as always, YouTube as well, you can comment in the the comment section there and send us some questions uh, our way as well, but that'll do it for this week here on the football Lounge. Thank you again, everyone uh, for joining us. Uh, please don't go out and slap anyone keep your hands to yourselves please that's all that's required
0: we're an anti-assault podcast
1: yeah yeah no assault here on the football lounge we do we do not uh condone that and uh, especially because we are a lounge we have uh, a stage a virtual stage albeit but no one's coming up here giving us the virtual slap so um yeah stay safe and uh yeah enjoy the next couple weeks before the draft comes up and uh we'll of course uh try and keep you entertained with some hot takes and uh and we'll see what else happens with a lot of few free agents still left on the table I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about uh, as we get closer and closer to the draft have a good one everyone